So our sermon text this morning is Matthew 6, verse 11. We are in that part of the Sermon on the Mount, currently in, in Matthew 6, where we are going through the Lord's Prayer. We're actually going through the Heidelberg Catechism, which, just like the Westminster Catechism also, uh, spends some time expositing for us the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this morning we are up to the fourth petition, Matthew 6, verse 11, which says, Give us this day our daily bread. After the emphasis so far in the first three petitions on God's glory, it appears that this fourth petition is out of place. It appears to be completely earthly and for that reason out of sync. Is it right for us to be concerned about our physical needs or or are our prayers to concern only spiritual matters? There are some Christians who actually think it is wrong to pray for our physical needs, and so they say that this petition here for our daily bread cannot possibly be a request for material, physical, earthly bread. They insist that the Lord here is teaching us to pray for the spiritual nourishment of Christ, the true bread from heaven. And so for some, this petition is completely spiritualized. And I think there is a temptation to think along those kinds of lines. It's rather common to think that the body and physical things of this earth are evil and that the spirit, the spiritual things, the things of the heart are good. And so any concern for the body is thought to be unspiritual and to show an ungodly attachment to worldly things. This is the thinking of the monks in the Middle Ages They, in fact, thought that the more you denied your body, its wants and needs, the more spiritual you were. But this is not the biblical perspective on life, and this is certainly not the the belief that this petition supports. This petition is an asking of God for material, physical bread. And yet we must not imagine that this petition is unspiritual. In fact, it's, it's very spiritual. Um, Just like with the rest of the Lord's Prayer, only a true believer can truly pray this prayer in the proper spirit in which God intends for it to be brought. And just like with the rest of the petitions that we've been considering, this petition actually demands a lot of us spiritually. Um, The reality is that our physical and spiritual lives are very interrelated, and we cannot possibly properly uh, distinguish them Uh, to to, too great of a degree. And uh, this perspective is supported by the fact that this petition occurs right in the middle of what are regarded as spiritual petitions. It occurs after the first three petitions that, as I said a moment ago, concern God's glory. And this order is fitting because our attention is, is not to be foremost on our earthly lives and our own needs, but Foremost, we are to be focused in prayer on the glory of God. Nevertheless, notice that the petition for bread also occurs before the last three petitions that once again concern spiritual matters, the forgiveness of sins, deliverance from temptation and the evil one. And so, yes, God's glory is to be first, but yet there's also a place for requesting of God um, help with our needs, and our needs are both spiritual and physical. And so after those first three petitions that concern God's glory, his his kingdom, and his will, 
come the last four petitions that concern our needs, and one of which, and one of these is, is spiritual. Uh, I should, I'm sorry, one of these, these is physical, um, having to do with our earthly lives. And so thinking for a moment about these last four petitions that concern our needs, notice that while three are distinctly spiritual, the request for bread actually tops the list. And so in this case, the physical precedes the spiritual. And it can easily be argued that this is not by accident. Of course, the order that we find these petitions is divinely inspired, but there's also a practical reason that our physical needs would be first in the order here. And it's not that the physical is more important than the spiritual. Matthew Henry explains it this way. He says, our natural well-being is necessary for our spiritual well-being in the world. Or as A.W. Pink puts it, God grants us the physical things of this life as helps to the discharge of our spiritual duties. And I think the analogy uh, to what these men are saying is how a good missionary doesn't only preach the gospel, but he also concerns himself with the physical well-being of his hearers. Thinking of like a missionary out in a, in a desolate part of the world. How can someone who is starving, how can someone who is in ill health listen to the gospel? You must first take care of people's physical needs so that they can then hear the gospel. And in a similar way, it is necessary to serving the Lord in our earthly lives that we first have our physical needs met. And again, the principle is that the physical and spiritual are to work together. And that, that principle explains why even though this fourth petition follows the first three petitions, it must never be thought to be irrelevant to our hallowing of God's name, the coming of his kingdom, and obedience to his will. In other words, we're not to pray for bread as though it only pertains to giving us earthly life. And of course, we're not to pray for bread that we might use the strength from that bread to use our, our bodies as instruments for sin. We are to pray for bread in order that our bodies would be instruments of righteousness, able to hallow God's name, seek his kingdom, and obey his will. And so that is to be our motivation in this prayer. We pray for the physical as a help to the spiritual. And so what is exactly does it mean to pray for bread? Our daily bread is an expression that functions as a figure of speech, really to refer to all of those things that we need to live in this world. The idea is not that in prayer we can only ask God for literal loaves of bread. Um, scripture uses the bread, the word bread to refer to all of that which sustains earthly life. Think back to the curse that was imposed on Adam in the garden. It was said there to him, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. The idea there is that it takes sweat and effort to live in this sin-cursed world. It used to be that the earth readily provided um, us with nourishment, but now because of the curse, we live by toil and sweat. And so bread refers to all of those things that are necessary for life, food, clothing, shelter, the health and means needed to work and to be able to make a living. But while bread is a figure for our basic needs, it's worth considering why the Lord used this particular word. 
And what comes to mind rather naturally is that the Lord is talking about a very simple life as far as earthly things are concerned. We are to pray for only the bare necessities. Yes, this word can be stretched, bread can be stretched, and meaning to include, yes, clothing, shelter, the basic necessities of life. But we must not lose sight of the fact that Christ spoke of a food staple. He did not speak of steak and ice cream. The term bread takes in those things that are absolutely necessary for us to subsist here on earth. The word cannot be stretched, as many want to do, to include riches and luxuries. Um, Because of the abundant wealth that we enjoy, it's easy to lose sight of the distinction between wants and those things that we truly need. There are literally thousands of things that are available that fulfill wants, and we have many of them. Our refrigerators are not filled with only necessities, but all kinds of delicacies to please our taste. Furthermore, we are surrounded with all kinds of gadgets and Luxuries geared to make life comfortable from our furniture and kitchen appliances to air conditioning. This petition is not talking about these things, no matter how necessary you might consider them to be. This doesn't mean, I'm not calling you this morning to to get rid of all of these extraneous things. Knowing that the Lord has graciously given many extras to us, we may use them as long as we do so out of faith and out of thankfulness to the Lord. But this petition reminds us we are not to set our hearts on these things. We are not to seek them, we are not to covet them, and, we are, and therefore we are not to ask our Heavenly Father for them. You must pray only for those things without which you would die. In other words, you must not pray for riches, you must not pray for an abundance of earthly goods. You are not to pray for, as it's been put, for sugar and coffee, for cake and pie and beautiful clothes. The Lord doesn't want you praying for fancy homes and automobiles beyond what is necessary to safely live and get to work. He doesn't want you praying for electronics other than, might, than that which might be needed to do your daily work. Bread does not include fancy vacations. It does not include lush retirement accounts. The Lord says to pray in this manner, give us this day our daily bread. This is a prayer for necessities. Quick, evaluate, quick evaluation reveals that we often pray for more than we ought. And as I thought of this, I, I was reminded of the prosperity gospel that's come up more than once in our study of Job. And uh, its proponents teach that if you have faith, you can ask God whatever you want and he will give it to you. And what they teach is called the prosperity gospel because their message of good news is not forgiveness of sins in Christ, but They say, if you have faith, you will prosper financially. And they say, God wants you to prosper financially, materially, with the things of this earth. And in fact, that prosperity is a sign of God's favor and blessing. And the reason that you have not is because you ask not. And you are encouraged to ask for anything you desire. And the promise is that if you have faith to believe that God can and will give you these things, you will get them. And you are told by faith to visualize what you want, that new car, that new boat, that vacation home. And they point out the promise of Christ himself that if you ask for anything in accordance with his will, he will give it to you. But is it the Lord's will to give you whatever you desire? Well, the Lord's Prayer this morning teaches you that God's will is that you ask for bread. But you and I are not always content with just bread In fact, we tend to complain if all we get is bread. We want us to get 
uh, God to give us. We want to, to get whatever our hearts desire. Further evidence of the fact that this petition concerns only the very basic necessities is that word daily. Give us this day our daily bread. And there's considerable doubt as to the exact meaning of that word in the Greek. It's the only place that this word occurs in all of the New Testament, which makes it a bit difficult to figure out exactly what it means. Uh, actually, most scholars agree that daily is not the best translation and yet not everyone agrees on the alternative. Some would point out that it means that which is present, so that the petition would read, God, uh, give, us this, uh, give us this day bread for the present, and the idea being what, what we need in the moment. But uh, it's been pointed out in reply to that, that this idea is already expressed in the words this day, give us this day our daily bread. When we say, give us this day our daily bread, we are asking for the bread that we need today. So others think that the Greek word translated daily actually means coming or future, so that the petition would read, give us this day the bread that is coming. Uh, That is bread for the future, bread for tomorrow. But that view is actually in conflict with the other teachings of the Lord that we're not to be anxious for tomorrow, that each day has enough trouble of its own. And so the meaning of the word is thought to be best expressed in this wording, give us this day the bread that is necessary for us or suitable for us. In other words, give us, Lord, each day, this day, the bread that is the proper portion that I need for today. Give us that portion of necessities that we need in our current situation. Each person's needs varies, and that that can be even from day to day. A large family has different needs than those of a single person or a couple. And even at different times of the year, because of weather and other factors, our needs can, can change. Our needs are different when we are sick than when we are well. And so we ought to pray that the Lord will, in his wisdom, supply the needs that we have as they vary from day to day. This brings up a point already mentioned, which is that this prayer is for necessities on a day-by-day basis. Give us this day our daily bread. That wording is to be taken literally. It's to be taken in all seriousness. We may not ask God for our cupboards to be stocked. We We are not to ask God for our pantries to be brimming over so that we have enough food to carry us over to the next century. It's not appropriate to ask God for a large bank account so that you have something to fall back on. This prayer for bread does not allow you to ask for great quantities so that you can feel secure for a year or a month or a week or even for two days. We are to take the prayer as it stands, give us what we need for this day. In other words, this prayer matches the teaching of the Lord where he said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so this means that if you go to bed some night and you have no idea how you are going to eat tomorrow, and yet the Lord has provided you food for that day, you should thank him for granting your request. If we're honest, you and I have trouble living like this. We like to have things squared away. We want to know that our futures are secure. 
But in this, you are ignoring the sovereignty of God. You are forgetting that you are dependent upon him. You can plan all you want and you can save money till it's piled a mile high. That will not guarantee your future. Nevertheless, so many are deceived into thinking money can buy lasting security and well-being. So hopefully you can recognize then that this prayer for daily bread is not just a prayer for the poor. We might think that this prayer is only for those who live day by day. But those who are rich and have more than their daily needs should also pray this prayer because they need God also to grant them what they need, just as much as the poor man. You might ask, well, how can that be? How can I sincerely ask God for this day's bread when I already have a good supply on hand? I actually have stuff stored up in my pantry. Well, you can and you must because, for one thing, everything that you have could suddenly be taken from you without warning. It happens all the time, even to those who are so rich, they thought nothing could touch them. Fire can take everything you own. The IRS, whether you... You actually committed a mistake, whether it's a mistake on your part or their part. They can take everything you own. You can lose everything in a lawsuit. And it doesn't matter that you are innocent because courts are not always just. And you might lose everything anyway just trying to pay the lawyers to defend you. There are any number of things that could happen, things that, that that you would never even think of until they happen. The point is that your empire is vulnerable. Nothing in this life is permanent or certain, and that is why we must acknowledge our dependence on the Lord no matter how much we have stored away for the future. Even as we sit down at our tables loaded with bounty, we pray humbly and thankfully, give us this day our daily bread. Your ability to work, to provide for yourself, depends upon the Lord. That's why even though you have worked and earned your bread, you still ought to pray to God to give you your daily bread. And this is fitting when everything belongs to the Lord. Psalm 24, verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Day by day, your ability to earn bread lies in the Lord's hands. It takes only sickness or an injury to realize how easily your ability to earn bread can be taken away. We need to be reminded of our frailty and of God's sovereign rule over our lives. Of course, this prayer presupposes that God normally blesses you with what you need in the way of your working hard. Uh, You must not expect to secure your bread while living contrary to God's will. If you idle your time away or if you refuse to work, like we have found in, uh, in our study of the Thessalonian letters, many of those believers were not willing to work. If you are like that and um, in that way you neglect the Lord's calling on your life, you must not be surprised if there is no bread on your table. God warns us in Proverbs 6, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a robber and your need like an armed man. Nor must you expect God to bless you in in response to this prayer if you are engaging in dishonest business practices or uh, throwing away your, uh, your, your earnings in gambling. This prayer implies that you will receive this bread when you are living in accordance with God's will and in his favor. 
By way of application, it should be abundantly clear that this prayer requires being content with a very simple earthly life, which in turn presupposes a strong spiritual life. Uh, Proof of this fact is that praying only for bread is completely contrary to our fallen nature. The natural man is never content with the mere necessities of life. He always wants more, spends himself seeking and accumulating more and more while never arriving at a state of contentment. If you are able to pray this prayer from the heart, knowing what it means, knowing what it requires, then you have been delivered from this rat race pursuit of happiness in worldly things. You have learned to rightly assess the value of Christ and of the spiritual things that he gives. In Christ, you have the priceless gifts of eternal life and a fellowship with God. You can't put a price tag on the forgiveness of sins. And the reason that that inner longing for more and more that, that could never be satisfied with earthly things, why that is gone is because you have come to experience the blessing of peace with God. And God, through Christ, you have everything you need and could possibly want. But I ask you this morning, do you have that contentment in Christ? Whereby faith you have looked to him and, and have found in him everything that you need. Can you say with the psalmist, Who, whom have I in heaven but you, and there is none upon earth that I desire besides you? Or do you still have the remnants of that unregenerate heart? Do you have the, the cravings of a worldling who craves abundance and who can never be content with just bread? All of the striving of the world after material things show that they are opposed to the spirit of this fourth petition. If they are honest, they want a God who gives much more than bread. What kind of a life is that? The problem is that the natural man does not seek first the kingdom of God. He doesn't want to be a servant of God with respect to the things of this world. He doesn't see himself as a steward of the material things that he owns, and he doesn't see the things that he owns as tools to promote God's glory. But his slogan is, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Why do you eat and drink? Do you live to eat and drink, or eat and drink to live? You view the goods that you have in this world as simply tools to help you carry out your calling in the world. Do you see the abundance that you have as a means to serve God, his church, and others? Your calling is to live as pilgrims and strangers in this world, and yet we forget our calling. We forget where our true home is. And so we put down deep stakes in this world, and we lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. The problem is that our hearts are not right. Our hearts desire the wrong treasures. We are easily lured by riches into a lifestyle marked by accumulation and enjoyment of earthly pleasures. And so the many warnings in Scripture against covetousness and the Lord's statement that it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, these should help us see that many times abundance, even the abundance that we have, rather than being a help to our spiritual journey, can be a great hindrance spiritually, dragging us down and off course. So what are we to do since God has blessed us with far more than bread? We are to be thankful. 
You must also carefully evaluate whether you are using that abundance for the hallowing of God's name, the increase of his kingdom, and the furtherance of his will. Money is either a tool or a treasure. Make it a tool for God. And what is certainly implied in this prayer is contentment. To pray this prayer, you have to have the spiritual disposition of the Apostle Paul who said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Contentment means that you are at peace in your heart about the will of God for your earthly life. If you are content, you're going to be free of worry. You're going to have a childlike confidence in God's ability to give you what is needed and what is best day by day. You must lay down to sleep every night with the confidence that God is never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. As your heavenly father, God is not going to withhold one thing from you as long as it is good for you and brings him glory. And yet you and I tend to have such little faith. Failing to trust God as he deserves, we seek the things below. How often we complain, how often we murmur against God for our situation in life. And the problem is spiritual. The problem is our relationship with the Lord. We tend to forget what God has done for us in Christ. Think of it, Christ has, through his death on the cross, paid the penalty that your sins deserve. He has reconciled you to God. He has brought all who trust in him into God's favor and into a relationship with God of friendship and fellowship. He will always love you. He will always care for you. And this should affect your understanding of your life here on earth. Romans 8 Verses 31 and 32 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? All of the things that we need. Surely, if God has provided Christ for us, he's going to provide our earthly needs. Knowing our tendency to forget that God is the source of all good things. We need God to be at work in our hearts. We need our hearts changed. We need our hearts changed so that we will keep praying, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we confess that we do not always trust in you as we ought, that at times we put our trust in the material things of this world, tending to think that they provide security, peace, happiness, Father, we pray that we would take to heart the wording here for us that we are to seek from you those, the daily things that we need. That we're not to set our hearts upon the riches and abundance and extravagant things of this world, but to be content and to trust you, provide what we need day by day. Father, we thank you that you've given us much more than just bread. But Father, may we not set our hearts upon these things. May we recognize that What we have from you is uh, yet further evidence of your love for us. And uh, Father, may our hearts not be drawn away from you, but rather may we praise you and thank you all the more. And uh, Father, we pray that the abundance that you have given us will be used for your glory and honor. We thank you for the things that in this world money is able to accomplish, even spiritual things as we think of the support of missionaries and of Uh, of of gospel churches. Lord, we pray that uh, you will help us to have a godly, spiritual, heavenly perspective on our earthly things. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.